0: and hey,
1: i'm adrian and we are black,
0: black women I'm in now, europe <laughs> uh, i'm in germany and adrian's in sweden and you can subscribe to our podcast on most major platforms like apple podcast stitcher anchor amazon music audible and i'm always
1: pushing spotify maybe because it's a swedish invention but like that's right spotify
0: that's right. Yeah, Spotify did come from Sweden. And you can also see a video version of this podcast and on some extras on our YouTube channel. So be sure to check out our link tree for all our social media and um, wherever you can find us around the network. It'll be in the show notes. Um, today's show.
1: To I know. I'm so excited. We have Brenda King MBE. And for those of you all don't know what MBE means, you're going to find out. She is a fantastic woman. I consider her a friend. I met her in Vienna in 2008 when I found out about this black European women. I don't know what it was. I know we came out of there with some Vienna convention. We were doing things. We were gonna talk about that. But Brenda was a power lister, black women, you're a power lister back in 2011. And she's joining us today. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. Welcome, Brenda. Now you're on mute. Let's get you off mute. Yay, hi, Brenda. Hi, hello, Brenda.
2: hello, good afternoon.
1: Thank you so much for coming. And as I say, Brenda an MBE. I don't know where to start with that, but I'll just tell you my first memories of Brenda when I uh, found out about this, is gonna be this meeting of Black women in Vienna, 2008, because I can remember my husband sent me from here. And I didn't know what I was going to, but we get there, this fantastic woman, Beatrice Achilleke, who was living in Vienna at the time, had organized it. And I don't know, Brenda, take, describe it. What was, I? at one point I was in tears. I was so overcome yes. with emotion.
2: Well, I, um, at the time I was heading um, social affairs in an EU institution called the European Economic and Social Committee. And then I got this approach from Beatrice with this vision of bringing together um, black women from across Europe you know, for this comfort, and I thought, oh wow, this is such a fabulous idea. Um, and of course, she needed some support behind it. And because you know, I was leading a, a key um, department in an EU institution, I said, yeah, okay, I, I'm willing to have support, and I'm willing to you know to be one of the opening speakers. Um, mm-hmm willing to have our logo on your material etc. Now it's quite interesting because at the time um, there were 350 members of this committee um, and there were two black people. The EEOC that you were on? The the Euro one Mm -hmm. in Europe, this Mm -hmm. European institution at that time had two Black people and three Asians. So I'm, I'm, you know. And I remember one of my team or staff members. She came to me, very loyal, very dependable, and she said to me, "Oh, do you really want to get involved with this? I think it will go very badly, and it look bad on you." So the first thing, you know, when you're in leadership, you want to support. You know, you're taking a risk, and people let you know that you're taking a risk. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cause that's, but I said to her that that was, like, oh, do come in. My, this is my nephew returning. Absolutely. Come in. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Jane. Hey, nephew. <laughs> <laughs> hi, hi, hi. So, so you're taking a risk. Um, and it's interesting that people around you know that you're taking a risk as well. Wow. But because we got involved and, you know, when Beatrice came um, to Brussels, um, through my office, I arranged meetings at the parliament, at different things. So what do. resulted, if you remember, that the Austrian MEP, the, the, the you know the parliamentarian who you know, who, who came from Austria, mm-hmm. she decided, oh, I would get involved as well. So this was a white woman; she was getting involved, and okay. so you got the parliament, which. I think more important than it was, uh, it, was it was groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking. It was now groundbreaking, and it well, and what I, you
1: did I, was groundbreaking. Oh, okay. literally. Well, what well Beatrice did, you know what I mean. But the whole thing was groundbreaking. But she got you, and then you got you took a chance, or you stood. You just knew, and then this woman from Austria, she's like, well, I I got to be a part of this.
2: Yes, it's happening in my member state. I got to be part of this. Yes, and it's women coming together. I have to be part of it. So we came from
0: all over Europe. Why was I... why was it a risk? I mean, what was because so risky about it? Because the
2: perception, because, I, 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 I guess you will learn this at the time, because the perception of us as Black people is that we tend not to be very good at things. So their first thought process would be that, oh it's going to be fa- she didn't say whatever, you know that it's going to be a failure or whatever so she was trying to protect me saying do you really want to get involved with this yeah so wow. yeah exactly and I so got- one part
1: was could be you didn't know who Beatrice was
2: yeah right?
1: so what made you what made you take the risk
2: i tell you what made me take the risk one when you meet beatrice you know, her passion and vision really shines through.
1: Yeah.
2: So that's, um, that, I think that was the first thing. The concept that she had was a very good concept because it, I thought it was very important. Um, she, Cause I think she, she got black women from 15 or 16 member states. Minimum. Minimum, exactly. I met
1: so, at- sisters from Portugal. Can okay, you, I came from Sweden, Daphne came from Sweden, but, but Yvette was there from Greece. Yes. Um, we had other women, we had women from um, I want to say somewhere else in Scandinavia, because I was so surprised that Scandinavia was so well uh represented. Yeah. Um, she tons of women from Austria, of course, you know, because she had her,
2: she, she had our network, network in, Austria. in Austria.
1: And she had guys there that this that she worked with. Um, but you're right. I want to
2: say more, I wanna say 20, but I don't want to exaggerate, but at least No, the, but but, but the know, but the point is is that we're invisible in Europe. You know, people at that time, in 2008, really didn't think that there were a lot of black people. Oh, yeah, black people in, in, in the UK, you know, in France, mm-hmm. you know, so they're thinking probably two member states, maybe a push three. Mm-hmm. But she got, like you said, between 15, you know, people from between 15 to 20 mm-hmm. member states. So mm-hmm. that caused people to sit up.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And as you know, even from Greek is fluent in Greek, in Greek because, I mean, that's where she lives. That's where she works. That's where mm-hmm. she... So she was, uh,
1: she was the first um, non Greek person elected to a. Po- a exactly.
2: So, you know, for, so first of all, I, I saw the opportunity right away. Uh, to smash that perception and raise the profile. Um, and I think, you know, when I did my report, a lot of my colleagues were shocked. They said, are you sure? Are you sure they came from so many member states? Because when you get organization, European level organizations in a right run, they always talk about how many member states they have on board. So that's this, the
1: first thing you mentioned.
2: It's the first thing they mentioned. So, you know, so to say I attended this and this, and they had black women from 15 member states, you know, you know, it, it really caused people yeah, to sit up. It blew their mind. Um, it did blow their mind. And I, I don't know how I can say Germany because there was a lot of
1: people from Germany. There are a lot of like um, when well, I was a to lot of people through, in Germany
2: from Germany. When, yeah,
1: when I try to go through this, and I know that they lumped the UK together, but I know people from Ireland, you know. So I don't, you know, people think of the UK as like and Ireland, etc.
2: And because of that spinoff, um, people then I I noticed I noticed that people from um, there was something there was an organization in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, something with black women in the title as well mm-hmm. or African women maybe um, African women I think the mm-hmm. first name, I think her first name is Victoria I can't quite remember
1: oh well you know what okay I think I know what you're talking about there's several because Joy is doing African women in Europe but there's several but you're right
2: That's yeah. a she, I started then seeing um, her and then people from Ireland mm-hmm. in what I call mainstream EU meetings and, and that started because of Beatrice absolutely yes so you know so it, I, as i said a risk were worth taking and and let's say it was a complete failure which it wasn't it was a risk worth taking well here's the thing i couldn't see how it could fail because just to get yeah, all of right. us together in that room was a success and you know and that like you said when you walked into the room it exceeded expectation and then it was quite emotional it was po- at one point i it had to go to-
1: yeah at one point i felt oh we were in a circle or something yeah because we did so many things we talked about politics you know we talked about women's rights you know we did I don't know why we were in a circle because it was it was wasn't just about politics it was about being together and at some point I was so overcome with emotion and I had to go over to someone I was like are you okay and I was like yeah I was like this is just so beautiful and I mean I'm from Washington DC where it was chocolate city I went to Howard I never felt like that overcome just to gain a room with well as you say this was Europe and, and
2: really this is true, and, I, 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 and because I had a, a thing, I used to go to so many conferences. I used to go to ministerial conference. I used to go to NGOs conference, and you know, I'm the only person in the room, maybe one other. So to walk into a European woman, and you know, all these black women were there, it was really yes, it was yes, as you said it.
1: It was really powerful, and then powerful, from there, inspirational, powerful inspirational, and it did not go unrecognized. It was covered in the in the media. And then from there, it led to some meetings in Brussels, yes. um, and official recognition in the EU somehow. But I want, before I forget, how did you, cause you say you were only um, one of maybe six people of color, you said three Asian, two other
2: yes. African yes.
1: descent. How did you, how does one get on these EU institutions? How did you
2: get there? In the okay, I, I tell this story with a bit of embarrassment. You mentioned my, my organization where I, I, I work with. AC Diversity. Actually, yeah, AC Diversity. Actually, I started out doing career fairs.
0: Okay.
2: I remember it, the first career fair um, was in a, uh, I think March 1998, I believe. Not March. Wow, that's early. We had the business design center. We had a bit of funding. We didn't know how much people were turning up. We got some corporate sponsorship and they're saying how many people would turn up. And I used to say, oh, between 750 and 1,000, know, you know, taking that chance. And you yeah. know, when you put on an event, no one could turn up. And I remember it was a sunny day in March in 98. Over 3,000 people turned up. Oh, wow. And because of health and safety, you know, security, that at one point people couldn't come in until people left. Wow. wow. yeah, so then after that, you know, not only had court, but you had government departments coming, and people tell me what a success it was. But the thing the trouble I had is that they weren't people were not getting into jobs. Uh-huh. So you had the recruiters there. And so I started talking to recruiters. I said, well why are you not?" And they say, oh, you know, they go to the wrong university, oh, they're not doing the right mm-hmm. subjects, Oh you know, all mm-hmm. of these. Because, you know, um, Britain is, is quite a, uh, you know, that people say that Britain is quite a class focused thing, so, and that really came through, or oh, you can tell yeah. that they go to uh, private school, which they call public school, which is a... That confused me there, I know, but... I mean, yeah, but, you know, public, but you're paying, you know, you're paying anything from 7,000 to 10,000 pounds a term, you know, it's it's just ridiculous so that's
1: not even the boarding schools no
2: thank you i mean it is it is really something so i thought you know what i in my good conscience i cannot continue with this career sphere because i mean it's just so that's why i started the mentoring scheme so going back to children at age 14 so they will make the right types of decisions that these employers are looking for so i was doing all of that so i was working with the cabinet office the foreign office you know uh-huh. and then i never got i got uh, tony blair was so I'm sure how long ago it was tony blair was prime minister i got a call from 10 down the street and they said oh is this Brenda King? I said, yeah, this is Brenda King. They said, well, there's an opening in this EU institution and given what you've done here, you'll be fantastic over there. And I said, oh, you must have the wrong Brenda King.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> he actually, the sinister with he's very posh boy. He did laugh. He said, no, believe me, Ms. King, we have the right Brenda King and we Fair. know you are the right person. And then he said, and we're going to send you the application, I'll be dealing with you, so you're going to send it back to me, I will, you know, look at it, edit it. That's it. And he then he, and he got back to me, he said, oh, I see you've put yourself to be with the NGOs. And I said, yeah, 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 because this, you know, this charity I run, that's how you know me. He said, oh, no, we really want you to be a disruptor we want you to go into the employers group where industry is everything he said because when you think about it you're a senior manager you know you're a senior manager at Royal Mail which is one of the biggest employers in the UK so that's where we don't want you to be NGOs we want you in that group and I thought oh wow uh, yeah and I tell you something the first day I arrived it was so confusing you know because you didn't you didn't get induction then you have inductions now, but it's something that a group of UK people, including myself, campaigned for. Okay. You, you've got to do elections, you're going from meeting room to meeting room, you don't know anyone. And finally, I got into a room where it was by country. So you need to, the United Kingdom was where you was at the back, right? I head up there, and this man looks at me, merely says to me, are you one of the UK delegation? Because I was in the room with the employers, so... I said, yeah, that's right. And he said, you know, he, said, he said, oh, I did hear the appointments this that were politically correct. And I said to him, really? So you're representing white men over 55? And I tell you something, he looked at me, there was a big silence as his brain was computing what I said, because you know, white men don't represent anyone but themselves.
1: Why? Because they and they're not so smart anyway,
2: in yeah. general.
1: We're teasing, but Brenda, I wish you were so fast with that comeback.
2: You know what? I told the minister about it, and that's exactly what the minister said. She said, wow, you were fast for that comeback. But I mean, you you don't quite get that. You get, you know, where you're really from or something like that. So Mm -hmm. then he said, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you. (laughs) I thought oh, my This guy's very bright. This guy, thought, this guy not very bright. So, wow. so that was my my induction. That was in two thousand two. So that's how I got into the institution. And it, it's a very clear vision by Tony Blair and the Foreign Minister Jack Straw on what they wanted in the committee, and they wanted represented. So, so the UK had twenty four members. So they had. Um, half the members female, half male. They had it done by region as well, and of course, by ethnicity. So that's why, yeah.
0: Wow, can, can we go back just a little bit? You mentioned you were helping children get into the right schools. Um,
2: Not the right schools, there were children I got some funding, some European funding as well, as well as UK funding from local authorities, because there was an issue. Because, I mean, you see it all the time with um, every time the, the league table came out on age 16 performance in the exam, but age 16 is very important anywhere in the world. Here is- Gina, we don't know, what do what you, you said age 16 or age 16? Age, 16 years old. Gotcha. I think mm. it, it, for you, it is when you've done your fifth year 12 in, in the U.S. No, no, year 10. You you, you, you No, year 12. So you're, no, you're right. I think you're 16 at the end of 12th. No, yeah, no, no, right. not 12th grade. Sixteen is quite a key age, mm. at least in the U.K., because you've done what you call GCSEs. And the government's um, baseline is that you get five of these um, subjects, including math and English, and those five, you have to have a minimum of a C grade. And they published those statistics, and black children, children of African and Caribbean heritage tended to be, you know, uh, quite low in this. So they weren't performing. And so there was under Tony Blair, something called gifted and talented, where they wanted to identify bright students and support them through. Um so using that government policy, I went to local authority, I mean I, I went all around. People some some people laughed at me, some people got the concept where I said, look, I had part of my cat education in the Caribbean. So I know black people are not, you know, generally stupid. All right. I'm not saying everyone's a genius. So something is wrong and, and someone and then i got called in by a couple of local authorities so you know we've been analyzing the data and black students who are a students who are high flyers in primary school they get into secondary school and by age 13 years old and 14 years old they let it drop off a cliff and mm-hmm. it could be that they leave school without any qualification at age 16. so we got some funding and so i i was going then to schools some local authorities were recommending students, but I was going to school saying, you know, I'm looking for your gift and talent. And some schools say, oh, black students, gifted and talented, are you crazy? You know? So then I used to say, students with potential. So if you have a student who you know who's getting a CD, and they're a CD student, that's not a student, but a student who is getting a CD, who you know is capable of getting an AB, those are the ones we want to work with. So I was working with those students. They were in their schools but we had a four-year program with them. So it meant a residential summer school at Cambridge University. It meant placing them with mentors from firms in mm-hmm. the city or from government departments. Uh, it meant career days in certain firms. So you know, it was a whole program over the four year. And then we started to get students going into the right universities, um, doing the right thing, knowing that in year two, you have to apply for an internship, you know, you know, you know, all of that and that they got through. Well, cause
1: time. yeah, cause it's, here's the thing. We don't know the system or the formula. Thank
2: you. We don't know the formula.
1: So that's what you've done. You figured it out. You're, cause like you said, you, you're like, I know we're capable. Well, I heard this expression. Talent is equally, equally distributed, but opportunity is not.
2: Yes. yes. So yes. you
1: knew better than that. So you... That must have been an award-winning program. I mean,
2: it was an award-winning program. I didn't learn later that it was an award-winning program, but Westminster Council had put the program forward in a label of their own, which is not a problem, um, uh, and got quite a few awards within Europe for it. It's only when uh, I think it was in it was in 2010, like seven years later, that they let me know this was happening. Um, Um, because they were losing that remit and they wanted to continue. So they needed to pull me in. And that's how I got to do something with young people um, in Germany, Italy, France. And then we started linking young people of African and Caribbean heritage in Europe with young people from different African countries. So that is, you know, where we got to. It's amazing. Uh, It's still going now, isn't it? it's it's still going now but without me because of brexit oh gosh yes what does that mean tell okay i'll tell you what that means so on the 31st of january um 2020 was the last day that the uk was in the eu so from the 1st of february that meant that no uk person could be in an eu institution unless they could find some nationality so when when, when British voted for Brexit in 2016, you should see my white colleague, they were getting DNA tests, looking for ancestors. I mean, you know, but well, <laughs> course, no Ireland. Ireland got a big uptake of, okay. So Ireland, you know, Sweden, France, wherever they could find. A, I remember one, one young lady told me she discovered that her grandmother was from the Czech Republic. And I thought to myself, and you only now know that your grandmother, I thought, I didn't say it, it's from the Czech Republic. Yeah,
0: that's kind of crazy that you don't know your grandmother, her her history.
2: Republic, but you didn't know your grandmother from the Czech Anyway, so she got the citizenship, you know, Italian. So people were desperately trying to find, but, you know, I know that, you know, there's no point me looking. Um, so, so. No, so, you never know. One of us, yeah, it came to uh, an end uh, from the 1st of February, 2020.
0: Wow, that is really a shame. Um, I think Brexit, I mean, in my opinion, I don't live in Britain, yeah. but I. But from what I can see, it's really doing more harm for the British people than good.
2: Yes, but it, it, you know, it, it, and it, it's something about the English. You see, I tell people that the English, they go, not, oh, we were once great, we'll be great again. But you were great when you had all these colonies. But When you lost the United States, you know, with it 1776 or when it was? Then you lost India in 1950, and then all the African and Caribbean countries fought hard for their independence from the 50s and 60s. That's why they went to the EU in the first place in the 70s. They're not, they're not, they're not founding members. They thought they could get along well, but in the 70s they realized they couldn't. That's why they joined, and it's as if they've forgotten that history. So when they come now to talk about oh you know you can't be because you do not have access to free labor slaves or free resources you just can't go in and take people resources as you wish so yeah I
1: just want to make sure I understand one thing yeah AC diversity is still
2: alive no we are still alive but but Mindful. mindful. But my, my role in Europe is finished. So even the program that I developed with some of the um, organizations on the continent for um, young people of African heritage and linking that, that for me has come to an end because it's Erasmus Plus. I got you, Brenda. I'm devastated. I
1: had no idea. I don't know why. Ooh, I know it's your
0: Erasmus.
1: Ah. Well, Brenda, I know your husband comes from another European country, and I didn't know if that meant that you had his citizenship or whatever, but I'm devastated by um, hearing that, that that that's, I had, didn't think that that would affect you in that way for some
2: reason. It did affect me very bad. i tell you something. On the last day, two things happened. Um, there's a German MEP who started some sort of relationship between the UK and the EU, a young woman, I, I can't remember her name. And, and the mayor of Brussels, just like that, made a decision to open the doors of the town hall to us. So if you're just British, just come along. We're gonna have a reception. So it was quite emotional, and I was telling people the way some white people, you know, they were really, into, you know, one woman was crying so bad on the last day. I thought that she heard. I thought she had a death in the family. Oh my gosh! And you realize, and people would say to me, "Oh, you're taking this very calmly." But it's not a case of not giving it candidly, but I guess as Black people, we're so used to disappointment, et cetera, you know? And this is, I mean, it's devastating, but it's another disappointment. This is a rug not, pulled out from
1: under us. Exactly, it's devastating. But the good news is that your legacy lives on all these programs, and you see how well you're treated and respected in- yeah,
2: But they're um, not used to, but I realize that they are not used to, you know, the rug being pulled from under which is what happened. And yeah. so, you know, Actually, being in there and watching that for me was also very interesting.
0: Yes, I think it's a big surprise for a lot of British people yes. in general to be treated like foreigners. Yes. Um, but yeah. They,
2: that they can't, you know, they can't go to spend as they like and spend half the year. The but, huh? and then some of them will actually say on TV, "Oh, but I know I voted because I don't want foreigners coming to the UK." <laughs> I have no idea. That they will do this to us. They need us. You know, this is what they say. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. <they don't. laughs>
0: everyone tried, everyone tried to convince people like, I hey, know. you're this is gonna really disrupt everything and it's gonna be uncomfortable for everyone. But no, no, no.
2: No, no, no. And, and even the I mean, on in February, this fisherman who was so vocal, he he ran an association where he sold his fish into the EU. You know, he was so, oh, yeah, I vote for Brexit. Yeah, 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 because we have more control of our waters, et cetera. By March, I mean, just, you know, six weeks later, he was talking about his business that he's built up over 30 years that he's planned to pass onto his son. It's going to collapse because he cannot sell his fish any longer into the EU. Yes. I mean, So the shock, his shock, so it's, um, yes, like you said, trying to tell them and they tell you, oh, project fear. Oh, you're just biased because you're in the EU. Okay then. So yeah. So people got, either got to sell up their homes that you know they plan to retire to. So it is. Uh, yes, it's quite interesting. But hanging, they hang it, I think they think they're trying to hang on in there. Let's see how long. I don't think they can hang I, on. I don't
0: that. think it's gonna <laughs> last too long. You know, I I um, watched a video about some town in England who had i want to say it was either a nissan or a toyota plant yeah. and that it completely they, the, the the company said if brexit passes we are leaving, leaving. and most of the people in this town voted, voted for brexit for and then the then the, the plant is gone these jobs are never coming back
2: Exactly, and you know, and it didn't get as much news coverage as we thought it should do, it was, you know, buried yeah. somewhere down, but yeah, that's exactly right, they did say this, they did say this, and when Obama said, look, if you're going to do this, I mean, if we're going to do a trade deal, compared to the EU, you know, a market of, you know, 400 million and the UK, 60, 70 million, you're going to be back on the queue, he got so criticized, I mean, Boris Johnson, who is mayor now, who's prime minister now, actually said that oh he hates britain because of his kenyan ancestry you know because i mean our prime minister oh
0: my god how
2: i know he actually said this he can get away you know what
1: it seems like he can get away with saying anything just like our former president yeah like trump
0: can get away with saying anything
1: he he seems like he can with no repercussions
2: yeah yeah, yes. yeah,
0: and I, I just have to say, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time in the UK, and probably won't in the future because it's just so weird to get there. But is it like a style in the UK the way Boris Johnson wears his hair? Is that like a I normal hairstyle for people?
2: I just think even the way he wears his suits. You know, when we had the G20, when he was, you know, between Macron uh, 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 and Biden. I mean, it's just that their suits were tailored, you know, fitted. And, you know, you think, oh, it could be that he's overweight. But, you know, the Secretary General of the UN is not a trim fella either. But his suit, you know, was awfully tailored to his body, to his yes. body shape. Britain is known for Savile Row. It is known. Yes.
0: Oh, suit. my God. But not for but him.
2: <laughs> the Minister looking in a suit that he brought off the rack that's ill-fitting. And then, like you said. Looks an like utter method to hear. I, 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 you know I, He
1: could have got a better a suit at
2: Primark. And I love Primark. I miss Primark. Is
1: Primark still in business?
2: Yeah, Primark is, is, is flourishing. So he could have gotten, I mean, but it just, and I, I I could only think it, I don't know if it's a deliberate, but he does look a holy mess, especially when you see him against other leaders, yes.
0: Yeah, he is a hot mess. And, um, but he's like Trump in this way. Two people who could afford a better tailored suit. But for some reason, decide it's I fine. Maybe
2: because <laughs> maybe he does this so people won't focus so much on his background. Because remember, he, the pre- he and the previous prime minister and the previous minister, they they've known each other from age like 10 or whatever. They went to the top private school. So, this, well, they call it public school, but they went to the top. So, it's the school. You know, children send their thing and pay a lot of money, but this is the school that only certain people can afford so to send their children there. Is
0: calling the public the private school public? Is that just some kind of like double speak, like Aurelian doublespeak?
2: It must be some for I, I must look at the background because it's something that baffles and so when I speak to people, especially Americans, I will say state school, and I say, Oh, and the and then the top private school and the more elite they are the more exclusive they're known as public they're known as public school so Eton- whatever
1: you call them though um it's like aristocracy it sounds like this school that he went to only aristocracy and people only
2: aristocracy like, that's
1: right or, or something get to go there so his his father or whoever they inherited yeah. their money from the johnsons and the camerons they could afford to go to the school like princes like from Saudi Arabia or whatever could afford to that's go. That's exactly Canada. right, yes. Okay. So yeah, so that's the thing about the UK, right? If you don't, or people feel, and Brenda, let me ask you this because you did part of your education in, in the Caribbean, the part that you did in the UK, were you at the right schools? Did it set you up properly? Can well, you- I
2: had my secondary education in in the um, in the Caribbean. And when I let the exam were based on the English, it was the Cambridge exam. Uh, so I did go to, because when I say which university I went to, went to oh, you went to UCLA, you went to Warwick Business school. So it's a bit of a surprise. So in terms of university, yes, they're well-known um, university, but my education was in a state school in the Caribbean. I think, I think the UK must be pretty unique in this whole... so you see it was the case at one point that seven percent of UK children went to some sort of private school but they made up at one point, it's now down to 50 percent, but at one point it was between 65 and 70 percent of the intake of the elite universities. So seven percent. Wow. Yeah so so that statistics alone tells you, wow. And so because Britain is quite small, these aristocrats then go into top jobs, whether it's government, whether it's media. And unlike Germany where, um, you know, Berlin might be where the government is, maybe where the media and art is, Frankfurt is there for the banking, you know, different parts, you know, Hamburg is known for um, logistics, you know, you've got the big port. So you're scattered. In the UK, a lot, everything is centered around London. So it's a very close-knit group.
1: Hmm. Yeah? Well, you know, I can say I did see Boris Johnson. He was a mayor. I was visiting friends. Um, they they um I did I get off at angel for them, I think. Yeah. And so I'm getting on the tube, and somebody like, bumps me, you know, it's kind of like your So You sit down and then look like, across, and this is him. It's like, yeah, he used to be. It's not bored. And then I'm like running around for my phone because I'm thinking, you know, I'm gonna get off at a couple. And I get and I'm looking, I was like, he's the one that bumped me. And he was the mayor of London. And that blew my mind because I thought nobody even looked at him. Nobody said anything to him. And I thought, I don't that just blew my mind. I like the mayor of London just like knuffed me, didn't say excuse me, whatever. But like, just sat down there on the tube. And my friends were like, oh yeah. He lives close to Angel or something. Yeah, he
2: did. He, he, he used to live in Islington. He used to be on the tube or on his bike when he was mayor. I,
1: that blows my mind because I don't know, not any mayor from any major city in the States That's that true. can go around and, and be like th- that um, anonymous, I guess, or, but, but not, I like he's that. He's visible. <laughs> well, and that, that was the other part too. I thought, is he like, of the people, like, I was like, is this supposed to be cool? Should I think this is cool? He's not driving around in a private car. You know, he's on the tube as miserable as I am. But then I'm like, I wasn't sure it was really him because it was nobody else noticed him. Like, am I having a vision? So that's, but what do you think about that? Is that the mayor now, would he be as unbothered or invisible walking down, is it still calm?
2: Well, he, he's the prime minister now, so there'll be security, he has a car, etc. I'm sorry, but I mean, like the current London mayor, because London, the mayor is a big job. So, like the yeah, current the London mayor, mayor, the mayor of London. Now, Sadiq Khan, there is an issue. If you follow Sadiq Khan on social media, he gets, I mean, he will say, he will announce, uh, now, you know, finally we're getting the night tube back. And then the level of racist comments and abuse that he gets, I mean, he he could not, he could not get on tree. I don't think he can boy, he, he, boy. I, I'm sure he and his family need 24, 7. And when because sometimes some of the worst ones I would look at it, and they're not even in London. You know, they're you know the yeah. out of London. But he gets a lot. It's amazing how much abuse he gets. So
0: would you consider the UK racist?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And now they don't care. Actually. It's not even, they're both, although someone from Eastern Europe would say, a friend of mine who was on the committee, she said, I don't understand it. Why are the English people treating us like Africans coming across the Mediterranean on a boat? I said, You need to speak to the Scottish and the Irish to understand, because there's something, I don't know what it is. About um, the English, I give an example of a somewhere, and this fellow was saying to me, he's English, born in London, East London, etc. Sounds like a Londoner, and he was saying since Brexit, people say to him, "Well, where are you really from?" And I said this, they say this to me all the time, but I'm not, I'm not. I said they say this to you, I can't. You know why? It's his last name. His father, I think, is Hungarian, so he has a Hungarian last name. So if you know, so he looks like them, he sounds like them, but um, he's been there all his life. You know and what? And all all his life. Sudden. But now, in the last couple of years, he realized, you know, when he goes to meeting the thing and he says his, he will say, "Well, we're." So I said to him, "Oh, as a black person, I'm now going to enlighten you on what they mean." Yeah. So it's a little um, uh, yes, yeah. So I, well, I was
1: to say when I was there, um. I lived through four elections, but I know one of them was going to be the Brexit. And because, uh, yeah, there was a Swedish woman. I don't want to say it was in London, but in England, talking to her child on the street in Swedish. And somebody was like, go back to your country. Yes. yes. You know, so it,
2: it wasn't even, you know, sweet blonde, blue eyes. Yeah, blonde, blue eyes It's to me. It, what? Yeah, the Black person, it is shocking. And there <laughs> is this funny joke. I thought it was a joke, and I was telling uh, my Welsh colleague in the committee, he said, that's not a real joke, that ha- actually happened in Swansea. There was this Muslim woman on the bus speaking to her child, and this person called and said, when you're in um, here, you speak friggin' English. And this old woman said, no, no, you're not when you're in Wales you speak Wales so that's exactly what so here's this guy who lives in Wales who doesn't I understand he doesn't speak his language but he doesn't even recognize his language so, he, so she was speaking Welsh it was going to get upset thinking she's speaking some because she was yeah because she's clearly Muslim she had a you know uh, oh that's classic now that's rich I know I thought that was a joke so and, and and my girls quite said no, Brenda. Unfortunately, that was not a joke. That actually happened in the Boston Swansea, and it made the papers. Yeah,
0: that's that's almost. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, historically, I think a lot of people from Britain they feel like they were like the last bit of the Roman Empire, and yeah. that they want to take that. they that that makes them special somehow. Yeah, but I mean, I don't understand that because they were the backwater of the Roman Empire.
2: Yeah. I and mean,
0: so, yeah, I, they, I don't. They
2: don't know. I'll I tell you something. They simply don't know their history. And, and, and for some reason, I, 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 t- they are, I just think they're angry all the time. I don't know what they're so angry about, but they're just angry all the time. And it reminds me, because my dad came over, when my dad, he studied here, he, he said to me, when he came over, uh, you know, they couldn't rent anywhere because they had this, you know, no Blacks, no Irish, no, dog. And my dad said, you know, it's getting to speak to the Irish in the pub that you realize it's probably the English, you know, the, you know, the people from the Caribbean, the Irish would say, oh, these bloody English people you know, they put the dog last, so they prefer someone with a dog before an Irish person, before a black person, you know, red right to someone, you know, they're absolutely crazy. Um, so so even going back then, so now it's not just the Irish, you know, or the Scottish or whatever, but if you work in Britain, you know that the, that the English, you know, they've got this tension about the Scottish and the Irish, but it now goes now to the whole of Europe. And, you know, and this whole thing about, Ireland, the island of Ireland is so interesting to watch because a lot of the English politicians are angry with Ireland because they don't want to leave the EU. Why do they want to leave the EU? Yeah.
0: It, it makes, makes no sense.
2: Makes <laughs> no s- that's what they say, it makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, and the Irish keep saying it makes no sense but you know Britain said but if you left the EU we won't have the problem in Ireland. But, you know, that's not Ireland's problem. That is the UK's problem, the English problem. the UK's problem. problem. You know, so, okay. So I'm glad you mentioned about the blonde Swedish. So could you imagine if you're French or German or Swedish and you're being, as my Estonian who is also blonde, you know, why are they treating us like this? I don't, you know, they simply don't understand.
1: It was frightening when i heard that because the swedish embassy told us that you know because it was like a message they sent out to this you know to the swedes in in the uk to say yeah. you know be careful do you feel any less safe in modern day i don't know if it's post pandemic uh, post brexit because of the pandemic like do you feel safe in london in general
2: i tend to feel safe in london because london is very multicultural very multicultural and also i think it, has made, it makes us others interact more. I'll give you an example, I went to get a cover for my phone. It's just a little tiny shop there on the high street. And I go in there on a Saturday afternoon at one o'clock and this music is playing and this woman is dancing and the music reminds me a little bit of Caribbean music. She has dark hair, I couldn't think, and I'm thinking, where is she from? Is she Asian, maybe? So I said to her, so, you know, I'm waiting, so I'm moving along. And then she said to me, ah, you're clearly not English. I said, no, no, my family from the said, I can tell because the English. She said, I don't understand. They have so much and they're so miserable. I said, where are you from? She was from Slovakia. Mm. Yeah. You know, so, you know, already there's that connection and then in the shop. So there's that friendly, you know what I mean? That safe, friendly space where you could be a little bit who you are without people criticizing. Wow.
1: I know what you mean. And I wonder, have you ever felt that didn't happen? Because being Black from the States, you know, we, uh, you describe how we all, you know, we're all constantly had to make our own safe spaces. Yes. Constantly being criticized, you know, constantly, like you said, getting the rug pulled up from under us or whatever. Was there ever a time in, Britain, in England that you lived there that you didn't feel?
2: This Oh, I tell you something. Because I've been the EU, um, and uh, without work, I I took a project. I was uh, I was a project and I applied and I, I was surprised I got it. But I have the last few months. I have been the uh, nearly a year now arts um, manager at a mass vaccination centre. So that's quite interesting because the NHS. Now, first of all, you realise that the thing, even though you know we know nurses came from the Caribbean and Africa. In the '56, top management very white, and we used to have these management meetings, just thirty maximum thirty minutes on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I switched to Thursday, Friday. So it's me and one other black woman. It's a few black people, but predominantly white, English. Now, a couple of things you notice. When we have the meeting on Monday morning, we ask each other, "Oh, how was your weekend, etc." No one ever asks me, but if they say something, I, you know, like they went psych I would say, "Oh." Or oh, where do you go cycling? I like cycling, but the way they exclude you, I thought to myself, wow, you know, now I'm in Britain because I, I mean, in the EU, and you would think there'd be a lot more, I'm not saying they're not tension, but in the EU institution, you know, you, there was 28 member states, 22 languages. I have never felt as excluded as I did with this group. It is wow. amazing. Now, one day, because I'm the ops manager, a, a, a senior nurse comes in English and she says, Oh, I feel so uncomfortable because some of the staff are speaking to each other in a, a, a not speaking English. So oh my God. Her, I said to her, Well, it's natural uh, if you meet someone who speaks your mother tongue when you're talking to each other, it's natural, especially as they're on their break in the canteen. Um, I didn't say that, but you know, Wait a minute. I,
1: she complained about conversation in the break room.
2: He, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: my God. People <laughs> that is okay. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry.
2: No you, want, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> what no, you know what I want to say to her, which I didn't because then I feel I will be reported, I want to say to her, the British went to wherever, whether it's India, different African countries in those African countries, they had their own languages the official language, like in India, had to be English. Yeah? When we were transported across, you know, because you know I was in charge, you know, I, I, I was uh, uh, since 2006 in the African Caribbean Pacific thing, and I had led it. When I go to East Africa, people coming up to me, speaking, because I look like them. I look, obviously look like uh, some tribe in East Africa. And I don't know what they say. And I have to say to them, oh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. But I I don't I don't speak the language, you know. I'm from the UK or you know, I'm from the Caribbean, something like this. Mm. Yeah. Because when the English transported us, we could not speak to each other. And so we lost our language, we lost our culture, you know, and I used to feel it because I used to be two, three times a year in Africa. And she comes into the office to complain about two people on their break talking to each other. You know, we have 12 and a half hours days. But I didn't say that. I said to her, look, it is natural. I said, I'm sure when you go on holiday to Spain or wherever, and you're speaking to your husband, it's English you speak to him, you know, when you're walking around. Because it's natural to speak in your mother tongue when you're some, you with someone who speaks your mother tongue. Yes. But so, I feel uncomfortable, I'm say. Oh my well.
0: God, quit your job and go yeah, home, angry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I mean-
2: I was <laughs> so angry, but I had to be calm. So, you know, you you realize, you see, these people have no idea how insensitive they can be, you know?
0: They obviously have no clue because, you know, although (laughs) English is one of the most spoken languages in the world, it doesn't mean that other people won't ever speak another language. My God. Yes.
2: Um, Yes. So... You know, India has its own language, Bangladesh has its own language, but the official language is English. Nigeria has its own languages, Ghana, um, yeah. Ethiopia, mm-hmm. but the official language, you know, wherever the English, British went, the official language, English. So, you know, so please,
1: you know. And in the States, we don't have an official language, the de facto nope. language. No, no, you don't. English, nope. and, I, and you hear a lot of people like, why are they speaking Spanish or whatever they, you know, they need to be speaking American or English, you know, and you're like,
2: yeah i do know that they don't have an official rank exactly
1: tell me yeah. about okay i know you've been to the states i think many many times but i know one of these times you met well i don't know did you meet reverend jesse jackson in the u.s or in ah, the i
2: met him in the uk so this is now full circle um one of my students got into Oxford university and he, he, he contacted me to say that they're doing some things at Oxford on diversity, they're looking at initiatives and he's gonna run some ideas. So, so I knew when Oxford decided that they were going to make Jesse Jackson an honorary fellow. And fellow is a term in Oxford and Cambridge that means professor. So I knew that they were gonna bring him over. See, I knew this. So when Jesse Jackson came over he, he was at the home office to speak to like, the civil service black network. And I was invited to So, you know, sometimes when someone eminent speaks and then any question, and people are silent, I guess because they're a bit in awe. But I always put my hand up, I always have a question ready. So I put my hand up and I said something like, well, first of all, I really want to congratulate you on the honor you're going to get at Oxford University. And then I asked my question. And then it had a whole you. So now at the reception, can you imagine across the room, Jesse Jackson there, and he's beckoning. Actually, I looked behind because I thought, is he actually beckoning me? but He was beckoning me, so he called me over. <laughs> what are you talking? And he, then he called his assistant. He said, I know I am in Oxford on Wednesday, but I don't know why I'm there. And you said, you know, so you are going you know, I need you to brief me. He said, I'm taking my wife and my entourage. We're going to a restaurant um, and I want you to come along. So I want you to brief me. So, oh,
1: wow. wow. You got
2: a personal
1: invitation to dinner with the entourage. And the
2: wife. With the entourage. Now, someone senior, I won't say who, but someone senior was there. And this person said, oh, I'll organize a restaurant. Okay. And what she did was set two tables one for what the important people that we heard. I wasn't included on that table but I was on the table you know with the driver the assistant but she made one mistake Jesse Jackson's wife she probably didn't know her she was on that table as well what yes <laughs> how could you imagine so I remember saying to Mrs Jackson I, I said oh this is not right you being here she said oh don't worry dear so i never forget when the waiter came to say well what are you eating she said stop to all of us she said whatever that table is having we are having so we are replicating the table so she and I got talking and I was telling her about the program and how I knew about Jeffy's thing so she said oh my gosh you have and she doesn't call him Jesse. she said you've got to tell the reverend you've got to brief him." Wow. And I said, "Oh no, I've already briefed you because I'm thinking how am I going to get to him because I'm not on the table." She said to me, "No, no, no. It's your program. You have the knowledge. You are going to brief him. Find a way." So the person who arranged the table went to the toilet, and when they went to the toilet, I because she was sitting next to, I ran out, sat in the seat, and I did a quick debrief to the reverend. And he said, wow, he, so he was really impressed. So when this person came back and he, I will never forget this. And he said, oh, she tells me what this is. And you know what she said? She said, oh, she just tried to make herself look important. It's not that big a thing. What? So you, the Reverend went quiet, didn't say, And I got up because she was back and I went back to my seat. And all I said to the, uh, Miss, Mrs. Jackson is, I've briefed the reverend. Thank you for encouraging me. And we had it. At the end of the evening, I in, the reverend and his wife turned to me and said, we want you to be our guest on Wednesday. We want you to come up to Oxford." I spent the entire day. It was so emotional because, you know, the British are very good on pageantry. And that, you know, it was...
1: The amazing. best. The best at that.
2: Yeah, the be- it was amazing. You know, the way they robed in, the the... Whole ceremony, and then at the end, they had something high dinner in one of the grand hall with all the important people with name places. Of course, they weren't expecting me, so I wasn't there. So I said to them, "I want to thank you too. This is I will never forget today. I really want to thank you." And Mrs. Jackson went, "Where the hell are you going?" I said, <laughs> well, "You can see, they got the place in and the seats, so I, I, I'm going to just get the train back home." She said, young lady, you clearly don't know who you're with. You're with the Reverend. He's going to speak to them and they're going to make a place for you. <laughs> so poor Reverend Jackson, to to you. and they did make a place for me. And then they dropped me home. Oh. Their entourage stopped up at my home to drop me home. I mean, that's the only contact I ever had with them. But I mean, it is such
1: a memorable- well, that's, That is a fantastic story. It, it shows me what kind of people they are. And they've seen that foolishness and shenanigans tons and tons and tons of
2: times. They tons. must have done. Yeah. She yes.
1: said that in front of
2: him. Yes, when it, oh, she just tried to. Why would I make it's Oxford University? She knows better than me how big it is. It was me because I knew it. She didn't. And I tell you something, you can get because I was so I went, I didn't sleep that night. I was so upset at the humiliation. But now I think of it, she did me a favor. If she, didn't have, if she didn't do that, I would have never. You would have never had that day. Exactly. You would have never had that experience. Yeah, and everyone was fussing over the reference. So I was with Mrs. Jackson and she was regaling me with story. I told her, you should write a book. You're fantastic. So no, no. My job is to support the reference. I mean, she is just a fantastic person. You know that? You know what,
1: Brennan? Now part of me thinks that, you know what? Because you sat there and told him about it, he might've wanted you to come anyway. But once he saw how she tried to humiliate you, he was like, okay, we're gonna take it up a notch.
2: Yeah, he clearly <laughs> did, but he did it in front of her. He said, what are you doing, Macy? I want you to be there. I want you to come with us. And I was like, oh yeah,
1: no problem. Well, you know what, would you call her a Karen? Is that, a, do you have Karens in Britain? Yeah, a yeah,
2: yes. But this, was a, this was
1: a black woman. mean this was a black net, this is a black woman. Who did this it. is a black woman who did. Okay, what? we call them. We don't call them Katrina's. What do we call them? We call them. Uh, well,
0: we call them. them <laughs> I don't know what you want to call them, but um,
1: but no, I can't. Makes
2: it even worse. that I mean, principles you know. It's, I mean, it's relatively important, so there was no need. There was no need for that. There was no need for that. But it was to humiliate even the the, the you know, seeing they arranged a restaurant, the two tables, putting me. You know with the drivers and at the kitty's
1: table almost yeah
2: and and and, all,
1: and and then i don't know what she was thinking putting mrs reverend there
2: yeah, yeah, i was embarrassed i said i said mrs. Jackson, let me just go across because i'm sure someone she might know i'm very happy here we're gonna have more fun here because we'll be talking and laughing and they're gonna be all awkward she says was, like that. was yeah.
0: the other table was it only men
2: no, it, it wasn't, because this woman, this woman who, who, who had cut me out, she was sitting next to the Reverend.
0: Mm.
2: And it was not, let me think, was the others only men? It could have been, I, I can't, I, I, I really cannot remember. But you know, when we were introducing us on the other table, I know I was with the driver, her assistant, the Reverend's assistant, the only mistake that she made was putting... Mrs. Jackson there, but it, 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 it turned to be a blessing. Because wow. if she didn't insist, I would not have gone up and slide into the rabbit, you know, when she stepped in the toilet. Just saying so you know, I was doing a quick debrief as well, cause you know, my time she's back, I'm finished. So yeah.
0: Wow, um, do, you think, do you think that sexism is a problem in the UK? Because it seems like we've got racism and classism and And yeah yes okay I just
2: because you heard about the whole thing with the police I know if you saw that when that policeman murdered that I mean that's awful he raped murdered Mm -hmm. he strangled he burned her I mean it's just too awful for words but when I was going to go down but something happened that I didn't go down to the vigil a piece you know you took a candle and it was supposed to be a peaceful vigil uh about the way women are treated because this guy was going to Brixton of all places doing flashing and he so he's been reported a number of times so it's you know, all right it's a big step from flashing yeah. to murder you know rape and murder but still he was reported so there was supposed to be this vigil, and the way the police handle those women I, we're not talking bodybuilders, you know, normal, I mean, some of them quite petite. I thought, oh, goodness, thank goodness I didn't go down there, but it, you know, it, it was truly, truly something. And now they are under some pressure. You know, the, 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 eve, the day when they announced that if a woman feels nervous about a policeman, you know, you can wave down a bus. Or stop him to call a police, you know, call to find out if he's really a policeman. I was in a restaurant with a friend and I was saying to this, he was a black fellow. I said, believe me, a black woman questioning a, a policeman in the street. <laughs> That's gonna add to our problem. And the woman from the next table said, black woman said, I was thinking the same, can you imagine? A policeman comes up to us to ask, and we say, Oh, you know, we're very concerned <laughs> uh, <laughs> could you give me a minute while I check? <laughs> I wow. mean, not even worth. It's not even worth thinking about. So wow. yeah, there is an issue.
0: Huh. That's, I mean, it's kind of. I mean, I guess I should have expected it, but um, I would have thought that Britain would be more further along with women's rights and.
2: Yeah, I know. mean, women are. I mean, I, I think women are, are doing better. You know, in terms of. Of, of rights, etc. But there's some things that are coming on, you know, that coming on stream uh, that shows the one thing <laughs> with that, that, that uh, even in the States, that guy who mowed down those people at the weekend, we now learned that he was involved in a domestic incident with a knife. Whoever his partner is called the police and their excuse of not going there was, oh, we couldn't get there because of the parade. But okay. if they had gotten there, um they would have i mean you wouldn't have thought of it they may have prevented five granny and a granddad beating. i know it's horrible it's it, absolutely it'd be on words you but know, that not,
1: that's why and that's one reason i asked you do you feel safe in in london because i remember when something like that happened in in london somebody ran and then and then germany i think at a christmas market somebody ran into like you're seeing these crate these like people are snapping or something. And so then you think, okay, I'm black. I'm a woman. It's already precarious. You know, are people more wow. desperate in the pandemic or post-Brexit? Or well, I remember in 2016 when the uh current former president was elected that I was like, I had to take self-defense classes. I did. I took some, I arranged some self-defense oh, yeah. classes. Because I was like, people in the street were feeling empowered to just, you know, I don't know, maybe randomly attack me. So I just don't
2: know if. The UK feels Uh, even more dangerous now because... I am very aware because something happened to me in my 20s that has stayed with me. So I am also aware of people around me. And if I see someone more than once, I'm on high alert, in my 20s. I would never get my mother's birthday. And then you had pay phones. I was kept trying to get her, I couldn't get her. And Barbados is, I think four or five hours behind. So I went to Houston station to the paybot because my student hall wasn't far. And we only had one pay, it's the day where you had that phone at the end of the thing and in a big queue. I thought, oh, I'll go to Houston. And I remember seeing a, a, a price for a plane, you know, for travel. I thought, that's a good pride. That's the first time I saw the pride. I saw the shadow be up. I didn't think anything of it. I'm on the phone trying to get my mother. I saw that person two, three times. I didn't think anything of it. Hmm. When I finally got my mother, you know, a bit hyped, I thought, let me go for a walk. So because Tottenham Court Road is technically very busy, I'm walking alone. I thought, oh, I feel a bit tired. Let me turn around. So I did a quick 180 degree turn. And there he was. He nearly ran into me. He was as shocked as I And so I thought, oh my God. So I'm thinking, right? So I cross the road and I see that KFC is full of people. So I go in there to think, what do I do? And he's at the door.
0: Oh my God. I'm thinking, what
2: the heck? Um, Do I tell someone? And they will only laugh at me. I'm thinking. So now I'm thinking I got to get back to my student hall. So I'm, I'm, I'm tracing the route and I know there's a spot just where Euston Road, the Tottenham Court Road, there's a blind alley, and if I was gonna grab, it's there. So then I start walking, and he is walking behind me, looking him, he's behind me. And when I get to that corner, I don't care if there's traffic in the road, I just ran. Ran to the student hall, but you know, nervous, but they couldn't get the key, so I knocked on the window because, thankfully, there was three fellas in the TV room, and they come to the door, and I say to them, someone has been stalking me all night so they pull me into the room they look out they say he's across the road and one fellow said i'm on the third floor at the front i'm gonna go up there turn on my light you're gonna think it's you and so we watched tv for you know till he's gone you know we stayed for half an hour and those three boys whose name i never forgot they came to my room i was on the ground floor my 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 window was by the alley they came in they checked the room, they checked under the bed, they checked the wardrobe, they checked everything, they said everything is okay. I think. And so ever since then, I was kicking myself, I was thinking that guy once to my phone two, three times, I should have known. So now, I know when someone, and you know, and it happens, you, you'll you be surprised how often that happens. You see someone, and you see them again, and you know that they are things. So I haven't taken clouded but when I see I am I, I take action making sure I'm with people etc and wow yeah that is so, a
0: scary story I mean it seriously
2: is. it is I mean gosh I mean I you know he froze and I froze I, I thought and I realized I've been seeing this guy last two three hours you could imagine it just dawned on me that you know that's terrifying but don't and I, you
1: know you said you you should have known better but you know what you don't know until you know and you know exactly. and taught me yes. something now because I used to think I'm street smart or whatever um so I learned that about personal safety I hope all the women that, that hear this learn that about personal safety because I do think people are more desperate yeah they <laughs> you know are more desperate
2: yeah because that but you know but but that young lady who got picked up in the in the the street he flashed his police thing she got into his car he said you know oh you brought the COVID um guideline she got in the car I mean what must have been going through her mind he said started driving to the countryside oh my god I can't even be okay I didn't know he used COVID pandemic to get you um that's what (laughs) this this, that's how she got in everywhere she he was a policeman he flashed his um
1: you know how they
2: got him? They owned a bus that had a camera. Oh. He cleverly turned off his phone. Took her phone, turned her off. That is what God. No, he didn't turn off his phone. Turned off her phone. But the camera from the bus. Thank God for yeah, camera
0: God. Yeah, yeah, really. I'm.
2: And yeah. so once they got him on the camera, then they tracked his phone. That's how they found the body.
0: Yeah, that's that's so women. Really need to we be careful. We really have
2: to be so careful. No, <laughs> if, if you and I said to him, "I'm not getting your damn car. Uh, I'm not getting a car with you alone." I said, "Well, you- that's another thing I
1: think, and that's where I think a lot of people think that you can't say no to the policeman. That like you'll get in even more trouble. But I think that would be the yeah, thing. Yeah, too. I prefer the trouble. Yeah, him call back up. Yeah, make a call back. You know, and then if if, if they, because no policeman can just. Well, I don't know. We see this in the states. Is, is was that? Okay, he was a homicidal maniac. Yeah. But we're the, I know we have to wrap up and we have to go, but just quickly, can you just tell us, because we were so curious about the UK, is police brutality a problem? We know it is in the States.
2: It is. You know, the difference between the States and the UK, I believe, is that, you know, as odd as it is, in the UK, they still, they still don't carry guns. Yeah. That's the difference. They don't carry guns in the UK. If they have, if they are on an assignment to, They're specially trained team, and it has to be some terrorist, something, it has to be something special, or you're going up to a a gang related, you know, you're going to some organized crime. But the police in the street do not carry guns.
0: Thank goodness. I really. um... Thank goodness.
2: And I think that is because we've had deaths in custody here as well, you know, but they're beaten by the truncheon or, you know, head knocked across the wall and they get no medical help, but you know, shooting someone that, you know, that fella got shot in the back four or five times, that, no, that that, um, doesn't happen here because I think they don't carry guns. You know,
1: Brenda, can we invite you to come back um, to talk um, during Black History Month? Like I know in, in the, which, yes, in, I did
2: a I did I did some Black History uh, Month talks here in the UK. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. We are October. You're February. Yeah,
1: you're October. So I was hoping, like, um, to have you next October, if not before, but to, so we can do Black History Month because I know the UK. I think started it, but I think it's in in other countries in in the, in Europe now that they're doing Black History Month in October. Yes. Yeah,
0: yes. it's EU-wide. But I'm sorry, you're not in the EU, sorry.
2: <laughs> it, is, it is now EU-wide, which is, which is really good. And not mm-hmm. only that, what's quite good because it started in the States and the examples used to be US examples, but now um, the different European countries exactly. have their own um, histories.
1: And that's what I want you to help us with UK uh Black history because it's, yeah. it's rich. It's richest, 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 rich. It's rich, it's rich. Um, Angela, did you want to ask anything else? Because I could talk to Brenda forever. Thank you. We've had so much of your time. I know. It's been
0: super to speak with you. Um, Do you want to maybe tell everybody more uh, clearly, like where they can find you if they were interested in your work?
2: Okay, They could look on www.acdiversity.org. And it's AC and then diversity.
0: Okay, I'll definitely put that in the show notes. for Thank sure.
2: you. Thank you very much.
0: Wow, it's been a great conversation.
2: No, it'd be really good chatting with you as well. Wonderful. It's so
1: good to see you, Bryn. I miss you. We were almost, so many times we we're going to try to get together. Um, I think I missed you here in Sweden. I missed you in the UK, but you know what? Once this pandemic is over,
2: yeah, we got to together. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And I was in Washington at one point as well. I know. We were I know. So um, um yeah, I got, uh, what's
2: your what's your friend's name? Oh Big Afro. Angela. Oh. oh. Big Afro? Oh. She's married to an Italian. Oh, um. Oh. Yeah, her name is fit me.
1: You know, I'm thinking Greek. See, now I'm thinking, okay, and um, it, it escapes me too now.
2: But Can yes, say- because that was I tell you something. I ended with this story. This is fantastic. Marion, Marion, Marion. That's it. I get a call from Obama was president. I get a call from the EU ambassador to the US. They're doing something, a conference, and they want to invite me over um, because. And they arranged for me because Bloomberg was doing a big climate event in Washington. They were the day before. They wanted me to come over. one They said, there's a condition. I said, what? They said, do you know any um, Black climate activists? So, so I said, oh, gosh, they've been told off because their events are very white. So I said, yeah, yeah, I know. Because I know Marion. I know that she does some stuff. So ask me. I asked how much people they want, etc. So they send the invitation to the committee. Committee is really, oh my God, we actually got to accept my boss. He said, why would they invite her and not me? He's Polish. He had, so people say, oh Brenda, you've got to come to Brussels a couple of days early to talk to this guy, because we've, we, we, we're going to sign off the funding. They were going to send me with, uh, 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 there were going to be six of us, so I'm going to lead a delegation, six person delegation. He said, I am responsible for transatlantic affairs. Why would they invite her and not me? I'm trying to see the guy. He refuses to see me. I mean, so I can't even explain. And I thought, you know what, I'm not even gonna explain. Let him, you know, stew. But he wanted to stop this trip. You know what they ended up doing? I went on my own with no support. I mean, wow. And so many people wanted to meet with me at the Bloomberg event, but you know I didn't know, you know, um, how to meet them, what they look like. Cause that's why you have, <laughs> you yeah, know, a <laughs> team, yeah, yeah, nightmare, yeah. Just because he was not invited. Could you wow. Imagine? Yeah, I mean, could you imagine that you? What I saw, even if I was him and I felt that way, I don't think I'll let everyone the whole leadership team in the committee know that I'm thinking this way. I mean, because he came across badly I mean, people thought for me. I know what you mean. Yeah. That I went on my own. So I didn't look important leading a delegation. But mm-hmm. I already am important because, the, I mean, the highest invite you can get. He said she already gets something every year from the, um, the counselor in New York, because I used to go to the UN meeting every July wow okay I mean, the no, men Brenda's are heading no, Washington, Washington was a step too far mm-hmm.
1: that was mm-hmm. well too close to power you know too close to power he thought yes he was,
2: you know. <laughs> I mean it was amazing
1: wow. Brenda you know what these people
2: can't keep you down
1: you know what? And, they,
2: don't, they can't keep this one about rug you know they try to pull the rug under you but you know you just keep on keeping on I thought to myself I mean I said, to, I remember saying to his, I tried with his secretary, I tried with his head of unit. I said, seriously, is he seriously not going to give me five to ten minutes to try to explain? And, the, and the, I remember the head of unit said, Brenda, I, I feel so embarrassed. I feel mortified standing right. But I can't, he's just completely lost it.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I can only do the shoulder shrug because I know you're thinking, and then you still have to get yourself back together and go and do this hard work by yourself. Yes. And listen. I know you're amazing. You were in Power List in 2011. I know I learned so much more about you. you. Have so much more respect. So we're gonna. We know we'll do some a Black History conversation. Yes. But let's do better uh, uh, job of keeping in touch.
0: We will do. We year. will do.
2: Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank, thank you, much. you and thank you very much. All right. Thank you,
0: and uh, yeah. we'll we'll talk to you next time. I mean, very well.
2: and Washington was
0: amazing.
2: Yay, DC, stay here. i Yeah. You.
0: thank
1: thank you for queuing me up thanks for listening to me and angela
0: all right everybody we'll see you next time
2: all right bye